Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. What's up, crew? Good to see you guys. For everybody in the room, from the front row to splash section right here to uh, up in the cheap seats. Hey, if you're watching online, uh, thanks for crashing the party today. Let me tell you guys something crazy. I was, uh, during the second song, I was backstage with Jordan, and we, are, we were FaceTiming with a group that is live streaming the service from a military base in Africa right now. So who knew we were so big in Africa? That's kind of a big deal. It's 7 p.m. I was like, good morning, guys. And he's like, it's 7 p.m at night here. So I was like, good night. So anyway, Africa, big shout out. Let's go. So uh, man, who knows the, the scope that God is going to use uh, to reach people that are far from him and invite people into the family. So whether you're here in the room or online, you're still family to us. Uh, as, as Jordan mentioned, we're starting 21 days of prayer tomorrow, but here's a sneak peek. If you go on the app right now, all of the content for day one, which is tomorrow, is loaded. Uh, we have the prayer guides. Um, we have the social media posts that'll hit every day. So if you don't have the app, if you haven't downloaded it yet, you can jump on Facebook or Instagram for uh, Revo for our accounts and follow along every day. But here's the sneak preview of the app. If you have the app, uh, we're going to drop a, a 21 Days of Prayer podcast every morning. So it's going to be like 10 minutes uh, of, of us just talking something about prayer, uh, some funny stories about prayer, uh, just some ways to encourage you to help you in your 21 day of prayer journey. That's only on the app, won't be on Facebook or Instagram. So wherever you download apps, uh, get the Revo Church app. I think it'll be worth it over these next uh, 21 days. It's gonna be fun uh, gathering together. Um, but I wanna talk today, uh, kind of like the theme of this series that we're gonna do over the next four weeks is really gonna be really practical. It, it's, it's a how-to, right? How how to pray. And today, uh, the title of today's message is How to Pray When You Don't Know What to Say. I don't know if you've ever been there before, or maybe sometimes you've heard people pray and, and you think, man, that was, a, that was a good prayer. I would have never known to say that. Or I've met people before and I've just asked them about their prayer life and, and they'll say, yeah, every, every morning I, I pray for an hour. That's, that's their prayer life. And I'm just like, an hour? wow, like it's hard for me to talk to anybody for an hour. Like, what do you say for an hour? Are you praying the whole time? Like, what what is an hour-long prayer life? I know some of you are like, aren't you a pastor? Look, I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm with you guys. Like, I'm just, I'm growing in my relationship with Jesus. Like, talk to me if you talk to God for an hour every day. Like, that's awesome. I'm inspired. I'm inspired by that. But what do you say when you pray? Uh, Maybe you're like me and you grew up with some familiar prayers. I I grew up in the South playing t-ball in in the fall and soccer in the spring, two-sport athlete, not bragging, just no, no big deal. Don't show me any different. Um, but here's what we would do. We would get on the, on the little sidelines or on the baseline before the game and everybody would recite the Lord's prayer, right? So that, that was just a prayer that, that we knew. Uh, I was eating breakfast with a buddy of mine, Rusty, the other day. And, and he said, I'll, I'll pray for the breakfast. And he said a prayer that I'd never heard before. And uh, so I asked him, I was like, what, what was that? Well, come to find out he grew up Moravian and he's like, that's the Moravian prayer. I was like, I've never heard of that before. Moravian sugar cake? Yes. Moravian prayers? No, never heard of that. That's awesome. 
So like I, I heard that, maybe you grew up, um, Moravians and Winston-Salem are kind of a big deal. Uh, so maybe you grew up like that. Maybe you have a, a background like that. Uh, maybe you have a prayer that if you're like me, uh, my girls have a certain prayer that we pray around the kitchen table uh, before we eat. And it's such a, a practical prayer for us and such a constant that we actually have the prayer, the words painted on a canvas uh, that, that used to hang in, in, in our kitchen. And uh, so like, it, it's just our, our girls go to prayer. Um, but I ran across something this week that I've laughed incredibly hard at that I had to share with you. Um, did you know that there's like a NASCAR prayer? I don't know if there's any NASCAR fans in here. I don't see any because everybody has a shirt on uh, right now. Um, but if you are a NASCAR, <laughs> just somebody in Alabama's mad right now. I'm <laughs> just kidding. They don't have internet in Alabama. So, so anyway, this NASCAR, there's this NASCAR prayer, and uh, I, I laughed so hard about it this week. I've, I've got to show this to you. You guys check this out. This is, this is the NASCAR prayer. as our colors are presented by the United States Army Nashville Recruiting Battalion. We ask you to remain standing for our invocation delivered tonight by Joe Nels, pastor of Family Baptist Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for all your blessings. You said in all things give thanks. So we want to thank you tonight for these mighty machines that you brought before us. Thank you for the Dodges and the Toyotas. Thank you for the Fords, and most of all, we thank you for Roush and Yates partnering to give us the power that we see before us tonight. Thank you for GM Performance Technology and the R07 engines. Thank you for Sunoco Racing Fuel and Goodyear tires that bring performance and power to the track. Lord, I want to thank you for my smoking hot wife tonight, Lisa. My two children, Eli and Emma, or as we like to call them, the little E's. Lord, I pray you bless the drivers and use them tonight. May they put on a performance worthy of this great track. In Jesus' name, boogity, 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 amen. going to be for me not to close today's service with, in Jesus' name, boogity, boogity, boogity. <laughs> Amen. Welcome, welcome to NASCAR. Uh, I, I want to, uh, I want to, I'm going to point something out as we kick off today's how-to series. Um, interesting thing about Paul, the apostle Paul, uh, when he wrote the letters to the churches, he did not simply just say, uh, I'm going to be praying for you. He would actually write his prayers down. And so we're going to look this morning at the book of Colossians chapter 1. If you have your Bible, uh, open it up or in the app, all the notes will be there. We're going to look at one of Paul's longest prayers that he ever prayed over the church. And there's some things in here that if you're looking at what to say when to pray, Paul gives us a, a, a great outline here. I don't know what your prayers are like, if they're more conversational and in nature and you feel like you're really talking to God or or. Or maybe if you grew up in church, maybe, maybe you have some churchy language in, in how you pray. Uh, I, I don't know if it's short and sweet to the point or you have like sermon prayers. You ever had like a sermon prayer where like where you're getting ready to eat and the, the, the dude praying is like praying over everything and your food's getting cold and you're like, just say amen, please, God, say amen. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know what it is. I, I led a guy to Christ and uh, I remember the first time that he ever prayed. You want to you talk about like just somebody that doesn't know what to say, brand new Christian 
conversation, like we're going through this prayer together, and he says the F word three times in his prayers. And I don't stop him. <laughs> like, he just keeps, I was like, hey, we'll talk about that later, man. You just keep talking to God. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll work out the F words later. Like, just keep talking to God. Just communicate with God and pray. So what's your go-to? How do you pray? Do you know what to say when to pray? Well, I think Paul gives us a great example. And if you're taking notes, there's six things, six things. And here's my challenge to you. If you're gonna pray a prayer this year, if you're gonna pray something over your life, I believe these six things are really, really powerful prayers. If you're looking for something to pray that is not only gonna impact your life, but will make the people in your lives better, then I wanna challenge you to, to jot down these six things. In verse nine of Colossians chapter one, here's, here's how Paul starts out. He does this short introduction, like, hello, great to see you guys, thankful for you, love you, in, in the first eight verses. And then in verse nine, he, he says this. He says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Paul is, is with his protege, Timothy, and he said, me and Timothy, ever since we heard about this church in Colossae, this group of believers that are, that are in this city together, we have not stopped praying for you. I'm challenged by that. Paul says, don't stop praying. I have not stopped praying for you. And we're gonna see the prayer that Paul prays every time he thinks about these people. I think there is power in repeated prayer. Not just one-offs, not just Hail Marys, not just say it one time and then I never think about it again. But what would it look like? What would happen in your life if this year you committed to pray a prayer repeatedly? The same prayer over and over and over again. Sitting there just saying, God, I am going to believe that you're going to hear me and answer me. And I am going to pray and ask until you do it. Do you know what would happen in your life if you chose to do that? over your marriage, over your family, over your kids, over your job, over your situation. I can tell you what would happen. Something powerful would happen in your life if you took on this mentality of I'm going to believe and pray until something happens. Like I'm just that committed to it, God. God, you're gonna get tired of me knocking on your door. You're gonna get tired of me asking these things, but it's a testament to my faith and how much I trust and know that you hear me and that you can act on my behalf. I have not stopped praying for you, praying these words over you. What would it look like this year for you to have that same mentality? For you to say, there's something that is burdening me so much. There is something that I care about so much that I want to see so much. Someone that God has laid on my heart. Something that I want God to do in my life and through my life so much that I will commit for the, for the rest of the 356 days of 2022, I will commit to say these prayers every single day. It's powerful when Paul and Timothy say, every time that we think about you, we have not stopped praying this particular repeated prayer. I want you to give that some thought. If you had a prayer that you were gonna pray all of 2022, what would it be? A prayer that, that would make an impact not only in your life, but would change the landscape around you. This is the prayer that, that Paul prays. So he tells him, like, we're gonna pray this and we have prayed this every time we've thought about you. In the rest of verse nine, he says, we, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. 
Here, Paul gives us one thing. You want to you know the prayer that I want you to pray? I'm going to give you six. Here's the, the first thing that Paul says, I pray for you every time I'm praying for, for this church that I think would be a game changer if you prayed this prayer in your life moving forward in 2020. Here's what he says. Pray that I would live a life of wisdom and understanding. Jot that down. You want to know a game-changing prayer. You want to know what you should pray over your life and family and marriage and finances and job and kids and the whole deal. Pray that you could live a life of wisdom and understanding. Have you ever felt in your life, ever had a season, ever had a situation where you're just scratching your head thinking, I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to go. I don't know if I should be praying this or praying against it or give it to God or work hard for it or like where do I fit into the whole scenario? That's wisdom. That Paul says you need to know and pray that God would give you wisdom to know what to do, to know the difference between right and wrong. You ever struggled with those things in your life? He prays for wisdom and understanding. Here, here, here's those two terms. They're, they're, they're pretty different. Wisdom is knowing the difference between right and wrong. Understanding is knowing what to do in light of the wisdom that you have. Here's an example. Wisdom says the stove is hot. Understanding says, so I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> wisdom says, don't spend more money than you make. Understanding is, so I'm not going to leave here and get on Amazon and order an 80-inch TV on a credit card that I can't afford. Wisdom and understanding. We live in a world that does not know the difference between right and wrong. They do not know wisdom versus folly. And Paul says, man, you want to know how you're going to make an impact, how you're going to make a difference? You want to know how you're going to be a leg up in front of everybody else? If you were wise in the midst of a foolish world, if you knew what to do with the knowledge that you had and the understanding, the discernment. And so Paul says, every time you pray, Instead of admitting, I don't know, and I don't know what I don't know, and I don't know what I should do about what I don't know. Instead, pray for wisdom. Pray for understanding in your life. That would be a game-changing prayer for your life in 2022. So he starts out there. Pray that as followers of Jesus, you would know the difference between right and wrong, and that your life and your choices would illustrate the fact that you know what God said about what's going on around us. Pray that you would be, have a life of wisdom and understanding. Verse 10 reads like this. So, so that, why, why do you want to be wise and, and have wisdom and understanding? So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every single way. Second prayer that Paul says is, hey, what, what if in 2022 you prayed every day that God would help you live a meaningful life? Not a life void of meaning, not a life like so many people have that they don't know why they're here and they don't know where they're going and they don't know why they show up to work every day. You show up to work, you, you make a paycheck, the next day you spend it, and guess what? Tomorrow you gotta go back to work and it's a vicious cycle. What is the meaning behind it? What's the purpose? Like, does any of this matter? Are you gonna get to the end of your life and retire and just look that you just did the same thing every day and made some money and you got to the end? It's like, does any of this count? Does it matter? Did I make a difference? Did I make an impact in anybody's life? Or does it just feel like your life right now is just running in circles on a hamster wheel? You're thinking there has to be more to life than this. And Paul says every day, ask God that he would give you a life of meaning, a life of significance, a life of impact. 
He says, take, take your talents, your gifts, your passions, your desires, the progress that you want to see and make in your life and, and pray that God takes what you would have and make an impact, that it would serve someone else, that it would help someone else, that it would make a difference in someone else's life. That's how you're going to get to the end of this year and realize, man, my life mattered. I did something of significance. Like it has meaning and it's not just a rat race that everyone else is in. Paul says in the midst of a world that is just doing stuff and they don't even know why they're doing it and they don't know what impact it has and they don't, they don't know anything about meaning and significance. Be one that lives a life of meaning. Pray those prayers. I love that when Paul says a life of meaning, he connects it with a life of meaning includes those that want to live their life in order to please God. I know very few people that are living their life in a manner where their top priority is to please God. Who are you living your life to please? Is it just all about us? Are you trying to do stuff and buy stuff and have stuff to impress people that you don't know that don't even care about you anyway? Whose life are you here to please? Whose approval do you care about the most? I want for God to look at my life one day and say, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't care about any of y'all, <laughs> sorry. My goal in life is not for the people that sit in these chairs to say, well done, Nathan, forget it. If you don't like what I do, it doesn't matter, it's God. That's all I care about. God, look at my, is it what you wanted me to do? Did I say what you wanted me to say? Did I do what you wanted me to do? My time, my energy, my efforts, my resources, my money, the way I treated people, my attitude. God, I'm here to please you. Can you have that attitude? Think about that prayer. God, I want to live a meaningful life that pleases you. That'd be a game changer for you. And I am nowhere near perfect at that, but that's a desire that I have. Paul says every day, if you want to pray a prayer that matters and that works, pray, pray that. After verse 10, he continues. He says, also, this is, this is something that I want you to pray over your life every day this year. Uh, I, I pray that, that, that they would be people that are bearing fruit in every good work. Everything you do, Paul says, I hope is a success. I hope it produces results. I hope that you bear good fruit with everything. Like everything you touch, I want it to succeed. Like every aspect of your life. You want to know why that's so significant for Christians? Because Paul says, here's what's going to happen. When your finances are successful, when your marriage is successful, and your parenting is successful, and for those of you that own a business, when your business is successful and your relationships are successful, here's what's going to happen. People are going to come up to you and ask, why are you so successful? And God's going to tee you up and, and you're going to be able to say, well, here's the deal. The reason why my finances are so successful is because I chose to do finances God's way. You want to know why I have such a great marriage? Because I do marriage God's way. You want to know why my kids are on the path that they are right now? Because I chose to parent God's way. And even with our success, even with the results that we produce, it's our opportunity to point people back to God. And so God's like, man, I want you to be successful. I want you to, to bear great results and to bear fruit in your life. Because God knows that for followers of Jesus, we're simply going to point people back to him. God is the reason why I'm so successful. Now, you can laugh at it sometimes, but have you ever seen an athlete get interviewed after a game? Like some of them, the first thing about, hey, tell me how you feel. First of all, I want to stop and thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, some people, that may be a throwaway statement, but this guy's on national TV saying, I can do what I do because of him. 
The successes that we have every day, we have an opportunity to point them back towards Jesus. So Paul says, man, I hope you succeed. Like I hope this year is unlike any other year you've experienced. Why? Because eventually somebody will ask you and you'll be able to say, I am who I am because of him. I chose to do life God's way and God is showing me some incredible results because of that. That'd be a game-changing prayer in, in your life to pray. The third prayer, he gives us the, or the fourth prayer in, in, in verse 10. He says, not only do I want you to be fruitful and make an impact and have meaning and significance, he says, I also want you to focus on growing in the knowledge of God. Man, that'd be a big prayer for you to pray. The fourth prayer for this year. God, I want to live a life that is constantly growing. Constantly growing. Uh, healthy things grow. That's just the reality. And so if there's an area of your life that you look back over this past season and you realize it is not growing, that's a good indicator that it's not healthy because healthy things grow. And Paul says, I want you to grow because that's a symbol that your relationships are healthy, your marriage is healthy, the way you do your finances is healthy, the relationship with God is healthy, your spiritual life is healthy. It'll just be a sign that you are in a healthy state when, when we see that you are growing. Never stop growing, never stop learning. Don't lose your edge. Don't lose the passion that you have in life, the passion that you, the zeal that you experience in your relationship with God. So I hope this next year, may you spend more time in the word, you spend more time in prayer, more time rekindling that intimacy with God, that depth, that relationship. And I hope that this year will be the year where you grow constantly. You look back at the end of this year and be like, hey, I can look back at where I was in January and where I am in December. And I can tell you it was a cycle of growth. Be a, a powerful prayer that you can pray over your life. And in verse 11, he gives us the fifth prayer. He says, now, now being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. You wanna know a fourth prayer? Now this is the fifth prayer, like live a life of endurance. You wanna know, you know, pray a prayer that'll matter, that'll make an impact this upcoming year? Ask God to help you to endure in your life, endure in your faith. I wanna make it uh, to the finish line, I really do. Uh, I, I want, at the end of my life, for God to look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. That a way to finish strong. I don't want God to look at me and be like, whew, I didn't know if you were gonna make it or not, bro. <laughs> like, you barely made it across that finish line. Right? A friend of mine, David, says, I, I don't want to stumble across the finish line. I want to break the tape. Right? At the end of my life, I want to be leaning forward, given all that I have at the very end. And now, for those of you that, that may not know, I'm from South Carolina. I was born and raised in South Carolina. And South Carolina has some things that North Carolina doesn't have, um, mainly uh, fireworks that are illegal in North Carolina. And uh, so I grew up, if you knew who I grew up, you would look at these 10 fingers and be like, how are they still there? Um, because we had a lot of fun uh, with fireworks growing up. Not the North Carolina kinds, not the little sparklers that stay on the ground and like, no, nah, not none of that. No, I'm talking about the ones that like would blow your finger off. I'm talking about the ones you stick in a bottle or the ones you break the stick off and throw and you don't know what direction it's in. So you just run, right? <laughs> don't try that at home. So here's what happened uh, when I moved to North Carolina. Every time I would go home to South Carolina, I would stop at a fireworks stand and buy some fireworks. Now that may be another foreign thing to you because in North Carolina, we have fireworks like three or four weeks out of the year and it's in a trailer in the Food Lion parking lot. You know what I'm talking about? In South Carolina, 
there are firework stores that are open 365 days a year. God bless America, right? It's the country we live in, right? So I can drive at any time, any time of the day, I can cross the North Carolina border into Rock Hill and buy some fireworks and I will put them in my trunk, put a blanket over it just in case I get pulled and I'll bring them back into North Carolina. And I love, like, the bigger the better. I like the mortar shells, the ones where the, the neighbors call the police on you. I love those. Bottle rockets are always fun. But, but my girls growing up, like, they really weren't into the ones that were super loud and went super high. They loved sparklers, right? And, but, but sparklers in North Carolina are not the same as sparklers in South Carolina. See, in North Carolina, you get these sparklers that look like a pencil. In South Carolina, you get the big metal ones that are like four feet long that children under the age of five have to hold with two hands, right? So those are the ones that I would buy for my kids. And you light these things and they, they burn. They'll burn for like five minutes, in fact, I remember my kids, I would light them and they would get bored of holding. That's how long they would last. They would hold them for like two minutes. It's not even halfway over and they're like, all right, dad, like here, you, you handle this. Like I'm, I'm done with this. Now the, the fireworks that I had, you light and you run as fast as you can away from it and just like shoots way up in the air, makes a loud boom and then it's over. But these sparklers, like they last a long time. That analogy really rang true with me when I think about people's faith in this prayer of endurance. Because the reality is there are a lot of Christians that will start the year off strong, but they're like a bottle rocket that make a lot of noise and they go up real fast, real quick, and then there's an explosion and then it's over. And Paul says, see, I'm praying that you would be like a sparkler, like one of those South Carolina sparklers that you light it and it's bright and five months later, it's still going and it's bright. And then by October, it's still going and it's bright. See, I want you to be a bright light, not just like one and done, not have a big faith and, and then it crashes. Jesus talked about this when he talked about the parable of the sower. He said, there are some seeds that get thrown out and the plant shoots up really quick. And then like, as soon as the sun comes out, it dies and the plant's gone. That's bottle rocket. But then there are some that last and their faith perseveres, and their faith has endurance, and their faith has patience, and it continues to burn bright, and it's not easily put out, and the wind blows, and it doesn't blow it out, and like it rains, and it doesn't get rained out. That's the kind of faith, Paul says, I want you to pray for that type of endurance in your life, that you would make it to the end, that your faith would be strong, that you're not starting off January in church and then by May, you're not praying, you don't even believe in God anymore, who knows what church, like anything about it. What would it look like for you to commit every day? God, help me to make it to the end. Help me to finish strong in my life and not to falter, help my character and my integrity to maintain itself throughout my life. I don't wanna be one of these people that's on the side of the road because their morals and their integrity and character dropped before they got to the end of their life and they lost it all. Pray a prayer of endurance over your life. Every day that you would stay faithful, God, help me every day to remain strong. God, keep me focused on what really matters. We need some spiritual redwoods at Revo people whose deep roots run deep, and the older they are, the longer they follow Jesus, the stronger they get. Paul says, pray that prayer. The last prayer is found in, in verse 12. He says, and, and, and giving joyful thanks to the Father 
who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. You want to know a game-changing prayer for your life in 2022? Paul says, I want you to pray that you would live a life of gratitude. Paul says, when I pray for you, I pray that you would be joyfully thankful in a world that is entitled and bitter and coveting what everyone else has and have a serious lack of contentment? What would it look like for a group of people that love and follow Jesus to say, I'm living thankful lives. I'm living in gratitude. Hey, I know I don't have everything, but I know God's given me a lot and I wanna be thankful for it. God, help me to see the doors that you open. Help me to see the things that you provided. Help me to realize and recognize the way that you're moving in my life. So many people, their cup is overflowing right now, but you don't even know it because you're worried about looking at somebody else's mug. So God, teach me how to see what you're doing. Teach me to, to see how you're blessing me, the doors that you've opened, the things that you've provided. I know it's easy to lose sight of that. God, I don't wanna be an entitled, bitter person, always talking about what I don't have and the opportunities that I didn't get and the doors that were closed. God, you're too good for that. You've done too much for me, too much in my life for me to not be thankful for what you've done. Help me to be content and satisfied, recognizing the things that you've blessed me with so that I can be thankful for it. Six prayers that I think if you committed to pray every single day, they would change your 2020. And listen, I'm not talking about just changing your situation. Paul doesn't pray that these people's situation would change. Paul prayed that they would change. God, change me change my heart, do something in my life. And if you change me, then everything else I touch will be impacted by it. What a powerful prayer for 2022. Commit to that. Don't stop praying. Do not stop praying and watch how God does something powerful in and through your life over this next year. Let me pray for you. God, thanks for the challenging outlook on life from Paul a man that is in prison right now, being persecuted for his faith. And instead of praying something for himself, he's praying for the benefit of others, praying that others' lives would be impacted, other people's lives would be blessed, other people would rise up to the challenge and that their faith would grow. So God, help us to understand the meaning and the significance and the purpose that you've called us to. Give us great wisdom and understanding to walk into that. Help us to be grateful for the things that you've already done as we believe for the doors that you will open in front of us now. God, help us to have the wisdom to know what to do with the words that we've just heard. God, we will not stop praying these things, believing and praying until we see your hand move in a powerful way. Can I ask that boldly in your son Jesus' name? Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.